This is the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. Join Paul as he chats with today's green industry experts and leaders about how to build a successful business and live a purposeful life. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Broadcasting live from the 2020, uh, is it 2020 or 2020? <laughs> 2020 Lawn Care Life Conference. I'm joined with the Lawn Care Nut, Alan Hayne and Keith Kalfas. Yeah. Good morning. Good to We're, be here. We are live from the bride's room uh, at a wedding. <laughs> the bride's room? Well. That is what this is. This is where the bride gets ready, right? Who's the bride? It's the only private room in this hall, this center we're at right now. Yes, and, and it's actually really nice. Yeah, and thanks to Felipe for uh, handling the cameras. And uh, thanks again to Jobber for sponsoring today's show. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. And uh, thanks to Caleb Allman in Ohio. You guys can get his course, howtoinstallpavers.net, and also to Ring Lawn Care in Stillwater, Minnesota. Well, we have two huge YouTubers here. Alan, you got what, 280,000? Yep, subscribers on YouTube, 280,000. Doing it full-time. Yeah, for the last couple years now, I've been doing that full-time, and uh, I can tell people I'm a YouTuber, which is kind of fun to say. Yeah, I saw that YouTube uh, sweatshirt at uh, GIE. and Yeah, yeah, I, I wear that in airports because people stare at an old gray-haired guy wearing a YouTube shirt. Okay, so how often <laughs> do you get spotted? Tell us some stories when someone's like, hey, I mean, here you're taking selfies, you're a celebrity because it's a lawn care event, but out in public at an airport, do people recognize the face? I've seen you on YouTube. Yeah, very rarely, actually, um, because in most of my YouTube videos, I wear a hat and sunglasses, and in most times when I'm not on YouTube, I'm not wearing either one of those, so very rarely do I get recognized, which is kind of nice. It also is a little bit humbling in that way, and I need that a lot, so uh, it's good not to get recognized. But in the neighborhood, sure. I mean, I see your thumbnails. You're, like, laying in the lawn. Like, you got to look kind of foolish to your neighbors. Or so something. locally, yeah. Like, locally, I am I know pretty much everybody around. Yeah. my And obviously in my neighborhood, but in local restaurants and places I hang out and stuff. Yeah, I know people there locally a lot. Okay. And yeah. if they think it's cool, like, man, you're a YouTube star. Are they, like, not sure about it or what? No, nowadays people do think it's cool, but, you know, just four or five years ago, no, people thought it was weird. You know, people move out of the neighborhood. They don't want to live next to that guy that's always in his lawn taking selfies. So, but now people know, they understand, and they don't always like it, but they know what it is and they understand why. Yeah. Now, Keith's a friend of the show. Him and wife Tron have been on many times, and he's had this whole uh, media empire mapped out. But we were talking at dinner last night, and you just kind of started it, and it blew up, and now you're rolling with it. Tell, tell us a little bit about how you got started with all this. You want long version or short well, version? <laughs> medium, because I'm, I'm a little hungry. This yeah, I'm okay. a little hungry, but I want the real story. So Okay, so the long and the short of it is I worked for True Green Kim Lawn on the south side of Chicago. I started there in uh, the late 90s as a sales rep. And uh, one of the claims to fame I always like to say is that Kanye West was a lead setter uh, in the same branch that I worked in. I, I didn't, he didn't set leads for me, but he was a lead setter in our branch because he's from Chicago, Oakland, Illinois. He worked with you. He did not work with me, no, but he was a lead setter on the other end of the building. So close enough, three degrees of separation, something like that. But anyway, so I, I started at True Green, started in sales, and that was back when telemarketing was still a thing, and we'd bang out sales on the on the phone real hard. It was like a boiler room we ran. It was a lot of fun. I did that while I was in college as a second job, and I actually went to college. Uh, I went to school to become a Baptist preacher, and after four oh. years when I decided that being a Baptist preacher wasn't probably going to work out real well for me, I went ahead and stayed on at True Green and made that a career and worked there for 15 years. Uh, during that time, I was in my 20s. I started to get frustrated with corporate lawn care and everything that was going on there, and 
all we were about was direct mail and price and twenty nine ninety five intro apps and things like that. And uh, I thought we were better than that. And I thought the people I worked with were better than that. And I knew they were. And I knew that these were real professionals who really did have green blood going through their veins. But nobody was telling their story. Nobody was using them as the marketing. Everything was about price. And the internet started getting bigger and bigger. And I realized we were falling behind very quickly, True Green was. And um, uh, I, I got loud. I, I started moving up in the company, too, by the way. I moved up. I was a regional um, sales manager in Chicago and did real well in, in that corporate lawn care environment, but got more and more frustrated with it and eventually started a blog because I'd, I would tell True Green, you should market this way. I was I was just this kid with all balls, you know, and I'd say, you should market this way, True Green. You know, they're looking at me like, whatever, dude. Go back out and spray <laughs> some lawns, you know. So, but I, I decided to have an outlet with a blog, and I started this blog on, on Blogspot, it was called back then, and I started mm-hmm. answering questions, basically, is what I would do. And uh, my first reader was my mom, and within like a year, I was getting 15,000 visits a month, and I didn't really know why. This is in like 2007. So uh, I started learning SEO and the internet and all of these things, and then mobile phones started getting bigger and bigger. So the internet just blew up, right? Uh, however, during that time, Triggering didn't necessarily care about a blog, but I couldn't really go on YouTube because they would definitely care about that as a non-compete thing. So mm-hmm. I just went on the side and started learning SEO and SEM and paid search and digital marketing and all these things and started having like this whole side hustle where I would do SEO for people in town. This was up in Indiana. Eventually, I sold the blog for a large sum of money. And, and started getting more educated, building websites, doing all of these things. And then in 2012, there was a little startup in Naperville, Illinois. And that startup was doing digital marketing for auto dealers. It was called Launch Digital Marketing and eventually became called Dealer Inspire. And I got hired there as the ninth employee. I was their first vice president. And uh, six years later, it was acquired for $160 million and taken public. So I got to see that. I didn't get any of that. I wasn't a partner in that. But I got to see that that business being built as a startup from zero to one 160 million. And um, during that time, though, when I wasn't working for Trigger anymore, I was able to go out on YouTube and start talking about lawn care the way I wanted. And what year and did you start on YouTube? 10 years ago uh, oh, wow. is when I started. So I was doing a little bit here and there, but I could really take it full bore in 2012. And that was good because about 2014 is when YouTube started blowing up. And I was the first giving you know, content about it. And I talked to only homeowners. I talked to DIYers. I don't talk to pros typically. Um, even though they're in the audience, I'm not addressing them or trying to teach them how to run their business. I talked to DIYers about their own lawn. And uh, so I was the first, and so I was the recipient of all the traffic originally, and that's kind of where it is. Now, just two years ago, I was able to take that full-time because the it got so big and the opportunity became so great, I didn't want to lose out on an opportunity that I had built. So uh, I went ahead and left my day job and made that full-time. That's wild. And you were telling me last night that you actually got to go to Silicon Valley, you got to go to, uh, what, Sam Bruno? YouTube? Or, or yeah, so I've spoken at YouTube, I've spoken at Google in New York, uh, wow. Google in uh, wherever, wherever they are in California, few different times. That was in my last job. You know, we were digital marketing, so we were certified Google partners and things like okay. that. So when you do that, you get you get some FaceTime at Google. You get to go over there and have conferences and things like that. Yeah. What was it like when you got your silver play? Um, that was exciting, the 100,000. And uh, I never thought I would get to 100,000. And now I definitely don't think I'll ever get to a million. So having that 100,000 play button was, that's a, that's a pretty big You remember the day when it showed up in the mail? I do. And back then it used to take six months. So after you hit it, it took six months to get it. Now I think they're much quicker. So uh, when it did come, it was very exciting to get that and have that hanging on the wall now. Yeah, Keith, you're next, man. What are you at? Eighty-two thousand. You're almost there. It's coming. Yeah, it's awesome. Just have to do some more cat videos or something like that to get you know, a couple <laughs> million views. That's a whole other story. <laughs> so what was what, when you were making the YouTube videos? When did you kind of go? That was a lot of views, and did you just keep doing what was getting a lot of views, or? What, you know, what was your strategy? Because you got 280,000 uh, subscribers, mm-hmm. Alan. You started at zero. What was kind of that trajectory to go from zero to where you are today? 
The biggest uh, influence me was Casey Neistat a couple years ago. He kind of changed YouTube and what it was. He created the vlog, the daily vlog, but he also started editing a little bit differently and storytelling differently. And I really got caught up in that Casey Neistat type stuff. Mm. And I started doing all of my videos that way. And so I followed that trend uh, and that type of storytelling. And that's where my biggest growth happened. Now things are different on YouTube. Necessarily vlogs don't necessarily get all of the traffic that they want. It's a little bit different now, so we're having to change. But that's when my biggest growth push was, was doing that daily vlog. I didn't do a daily vlog, but storytelling. This is my life. This is my day in the lawn. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Here's how I feel. Here's how what it smells like. Here's the satisfaction I got. Here's the things that I had challenges with that I couldn't solve. You know, here's what I'm hoping for. It was all of these things going through that, and that really related to people and going through with that with their own lawns. So how much time are you taking now, Alan, to study the algorithms and to stay educated and stay on top of where, you know, you, you got to keep your edge, I'm assuming. You know, yeah, how, how much of that are you studying? Not as much as I should. It gives me a headache, to be honest with you. Um, uh, what I tend to believe, and I still believe this, is that content is always king and that if you do tell a good story and you put your content out, your audience will find it. And so it's not like I act like I'm saying like YouTube is doomed. It's not. Uh, I just started putting my content out in other places. So I started a podcast like this because podcasts on YouTube does really well. But a podcast reaches a completely different audience. Joe Rogan is the new trend. He's the Casey Neistat. If you talk to any man over the age of 25 and you go, do you listen to Joe Rogan? Yes. Well, that's a podcast. So to me, that and my audience is all men. So that tells me that's where my audience is. And I started a podcast last year and it's actually triple growth, five times the growth of what my YouTube was. So it's good to see that's what I'm doing. Instead of trying to figure out some algorithm on YouTube, how many goofy faces do I need to make in a thumbnail to get people to click and keep them on for three minutes by faking what I, whatever it is, all of these things, I don't do that. I just try to go and put the content where more people are. YouTube is still what it is. I'm still putting out content there, but I'm telling the stories my way. And hopefully What is the name stick. of your podcast? It's called Lawns Across America. And uh, this is why looking at your equipment's helped me because one of the things it is is a call-in show. So I yeah. get hundreds of emails weekly asking questions, but we went ahead and made a, a, f a phone number and people can call in and they can leave a message. So it's supposed to be like a garden radio show, but yeah. it's, it's all taped. And people call in and then I talk to them about the problem that they're having. And we do it from all across America because all grass types and everything else. And I'm able to talk to all the grass types and what's going on. And um, that's it. It's just like a QA and a show. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'll put that in the show's link today. And then, Alan, I'm going to give you the information to my rep uh, to get this because this is – you You need this. I, I recruited Keith to get one a while ago. It's I, I got it. Paul is talking about the Roadcaster <laughs> Pro. It's a unit that's in front of us right now here. Yeah. And it's it's like a portable podcast studio that you can fit in a briefcase. It's a mixing board. Is well, that what you're talking about? Yeah, because I've worked in radio for years, and I've watched the equipment improve and improve and improve. And this would have cost $5,000. Alan wants his camera. Yeah, we, I'm going to turn shout, it off. Yeah, <laughs> shout-outs to uh, Felipe for uh, uh, filming this. But this stuff would cost six, $7,000 you know, years ago. And where the technology's come, you can podcast for under $1,000 professionally. I mean, this is... A professional setup. So. Yeah, you got buttons on here. You can put sound effects. In. You're, oh, yeah. We got all kinds of sound it's effects. like you can be like Paul um, from Howard Stern. Yeah. That we, was his name, Paul. Whoever the guy was that put all the all the funny sound effects in all the time, yeah, you can we, do that. Yeah. Yeah, right? That's yeah. cool, man. Thank you. <clears throat> That's one of many. It's it's yeah, an incredible I, machine. <laughs> Thank you. So, so, Keith, last night I'm at dinner. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I would annoy my audience with that and so bad. And you're you're gl you're glued to Alan. Like you're you're locked in. There's yeah. there's a whole atmosphere around you. I, I felt kind of bad when I left because <laughs> I was just when I get in the zone, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're budding media guys. I mean, we're trying to you know see some of the success that you have, Alan. So what what are some of the things you were you were learning from Alan that that we could learn as as folks who are trying to improve our um, media? Uh, some of which just I just out of professionalism, I don't want to oh, well, repeat. Yeah, yeah, but okay. at the same time. <laughs> um, because I asked some pretty deep uh, questions. We don't have to go there, but I'm just but, saying is, you know what I mean. Keith. Yeah, dude, <laughs> well, when, when, when I uh, learned most, so last night we're at dinner, and, and I'm, um, Alan Hay and I have met briefly at the GIE. We know who each other is over all this time, but we haven't actually sat down and broke bread together and talked. So I was asking him a bunch of questions, and He's like, oh, it's funny you asked that. And my goal is to get people talking because I'm just fascinated. I'm an information junkie. So I'm like you guys listening right now. And what I really pulled away from Alan Hain is just true consistency and becoming an absolute expert and putting rails up on what you do and focusing like a laser, you know, at just one or two things and taking that all the way and staying in your lane and, you know, versus jumping all over the place and trying to do 50 different things. And sometimes you have to do that. But when, once you find something that works, you just d- triple down on that. Mm. That's what I got. And so yeah. it's a huge takeaways. Thanks, man, Alan. Yeah, Thanks. I was. I don't get to talk to other YouTubers often, especially in our niche. So it was good for me to hear that he has some of the same challenges I do. And I'm talking about, and we won't go into it, but like challenges you, did you just have with focus or confidence or – those types of things, right? Like I don't have any peers to talk to in that regard, but he's been around as long or longer than I have. So it's good to just kind of let some of that out and go, Hey man, do you sometimes feel like this? Yeah, I do. Oh, good. I'm not the only one <laughs> like that kind of stuff. You know, it, that's what I took away. If I can uh, dip into what we were talking about, some content, some insight. So if you have a lawn and landscaping business, if you're in the green industry, it's very important to put out content uh, and even a YouTube channel because it's a, it's a nice little SEO hack and it's cool when your customers see what you do and they get to know you and then they want to hire you. It's, it's, it's this whole new channel of marketing that's available to us. But also on the flip flop, if you want to put out and produce videos that are for your industry or your community, like I like to put out, I, I have both. I have real, a real YouTube channel for my, my actual, you know, service-based business locally SEO'd out like and it works but I also have you know my landscaping employee trap YouTube channel what I pulled from all this is sorry I started going in the rabbit hole oh yeah yeah so you're like how did how did uh the lawn care not take off and get all these subscribers with the things that we're relating to and and, and the big takeaway what here's what happened to me People are trying to get this hacker. How how can I title the video or get the, the specific thumbnail? I mean, I'm deep into the rabbit hole in this stuff. There are people that have millions of subscribers on YouTube that they have one guy that his whole job is just making the thumbnails, and he spends 18 hours just making one thumbnail and submitting it to slap groups, groups and other professional marketers before they even decide here, like, pulls away, what the thumbnail is going to be. Like, there, it's an obsession. Yeah. They take this to alien levels and I say how can I compete with that well something interesting happened when I was getting 400,000 views a month just at you know like 20,000 subscribers when I first started my YouTube channel the reason that it took off and it was getting so many uh, so much engagement and views is because I was going through a transformational transcendence in my consciousness and I was just living out this entire um, 
this thing on camera. I was sharing and giving it all. It didn't really matter about the thumbnail or the title of the video because once people get in, you know, and I think that the, they they would latch on to what they could relate to with me. And, and, and just like if you follow any marketing or, or anything, there's always these latest trends and fads are, that are revolving around the topic of how can I game the system or how can I trick the system? And that stuff does work, but people have really evolved in social media. Like they watch Joe Rogan. Why? It's just kind of like a bad example, but McDonald's, the predictability of a franchise. You always know when you walk in the bathrooms to the right, the cash registers here, the food's there, you know exactly what you're going to get no matter where you're at in the country or probably in the world. So when you go on Joe Rogan, you know that you're going to get a specific feeling Joe's not going to be in your face telling you how to believe or what to think. He's not going to be selling you a bunch of shit. You know that you are going to get a specific uh, predictable feeling. So that's what you're going to get. Uh, But the weird thing that happened to me and Alan, I were talking about my main question to him was something had happened to me in around late 2016 where my, my psychology, I popped out of the paradigm I outgrew that Keith Kelfus, and my business actually started to get established. My bills were paid. I finally got a, breathe, a moment to take a breath, and I had some money in the bank. And that, that, um, that, that desperate maniac inside of me who was willing to just, you know, work 100 hours a week, like I was almost crazy. That was entertaining to people. They right. liked that. And once I got a, lot, a little more stable in my consciousness and I started to actually get some structure, it wasn't as entertaining anymore in a way because people like drama. Does that make your, sense? Your best videos are when it's like 2 a.m. and you're out in the parking lot and the lighting's <laughs> bad and you're holding there and you're like, I just woke up and your eyes are all big and you're talking. I mean, those are my favorite. And it's not. Because it's dramatic. Yeah, it's, and it's the lighting's horrible. You're all wobbly like you're on a cruise ship. and it. But it, those are the best because you're actually like, you're, have you ever watched any of those? I have. Do you, think, <laughs> do you think some of it could be, so I was just, I, I was thinking about this after we talked about it and, and I see it in mind too, is do you think some of it can be when you're on the journey up you're, you're, you're telling people, pull for me because this is where I'm going. Watch me as I go to achieve this thing. And then when you get there, you obviously change because you achieved that goal, so you got to go to another goal. And I wonder if the audience doesn't have the same emotional attachment. I'm talking about myself here. Um, for years, the audience knew, well, not for years, but towards the end, the audience knew, Alan's going to do something here, and I would share it with them. I'm hoping maybe I'll get a big sponsorship, and I would tell them this in videos, or maybe I'll do this or that, and people would be, we're cheering for you, buddy. And then when I got it, a lot of that went away. And I think that's my fault, yeah. honestly, though. It's my fault. Maybe I changed. Maybe I got arrogant. Maybe I came across like I didn't care as much anymore. And this is what I was talking about, where it, last year I spent a lot of my time focusing on building a business, and it definitely... Uh, I, I'm like admitting a lot of stuff here in your podcast, but it, it, it I felt a lot of my inner thoughts uh, and inner ways that I counsel myself, but I thought maybe my, my content changed too. Maybe I changed and um, in building that business instead of building a dream. So uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at this year is how can I get back to that? How can I get back to that where I'm on this journey that people want to be a part of and follow along with, you know, while still giving what I give, which is I teach deep tips, man. I tell people I'm going to give you a lot more than just a tip. And, uh, and that's what we do. And I don't, so I don't want to lose what I do. I don't want to lose the detail that I go into in the math and doing all that crazy stuff either, but uh, also don't want to come across as if I'm separated from the audience. Yeah. So Alan, what excites you for the future now? Uh, right now, I mean, low, like just for right now, I mean, I have a new project lawn coming up. That excites me. It's at my church. Um, and, and this is going back to my roots a little bit. My original best, you know, um, pro, um, content that I did was at my church years ago. I rehabbed the, the property at my church. I took it from 
garbage into beautiful green and dark green and all kinds of stuff, put stripes out there on Sunday morning and all that. And uh, I'm doing that now at my church in Florida. So that excites me because what is that doing? I'm going back to my roots. I'm going to rehab. And, and the church doesn't have anything to do with it except it's just nostalgia and people think that's cool. And it's a public place. It gets trampled on, so it makes it a challenge. So I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm also excited for some new you know, product I'm rolling out this year. So again, business side, we, we have one of the things I really like doing is, is I like to bring products that would never get touched by a Home Depot or a Lowe's, would never, you know, ever be seen by anyone. You know, the fertilizer business is a big mafia and all the big guys try to keep out all the little guys. And let me tell you, it's ugly. And so when I find a little guy that's got a really good idea or he's got a nice good fertilizer he wants to bring to the market, I like to bring that out. I like to use my influence to bring that to the marketplace. I have two new products this year that are happening that way. Uh, as well as two influencers that I'm going to get to or work with to help represent those products. So kind of recreate some of the things that I've done with small products because I really like being able to take small businesses and help them, you know, get, get some airplay that maybe they wouldn't get. Hey, guys, if you're interested in becoming a professional hardscaper, I want to tell you about my friends Caleb and Brittany Almond. They're out of Columbus, Ohio, and they have put together several different videos on uh, how to install pavers, how to install retaining walls, and there's a bunch of other stuff. Uh, we are going to put that link in today's show's notes, howtoinstallpavers.net. But these videos are comprehensive guides uh, that will teach you the starting point if you're uh, looking to start or potentially even advance your skills and career in hardscaping. I've been friends with Caleb and Brittany for years, and uh, they run an awesome operation there. And actually, years ago, I was, this was just an idea, and bunch of us were talking to Caleb. We're like, man, put this, because if you watch his Instagram story, every day he does a little tutorial, a little teaching, and it's so good. And he finally put it all together in a video. You just go to howtoinstallpavers.net. And uh, once you purchase that, it's only $99. Uh, you can download it right away and uh, get, get a cup of coffee, sit next to the fireplace, and watch Caleb and Brittany teach you uh, how to hardscape. Also want to tell you about Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. It's 2020, folks. Maybe you're listening to this, and it's 2021, 22, and uh, the days of the yellow pad and collecting checks are over and uh, having a customer relations manager is uh, crucial to increasing efficiency in our business. I personally use Jobber, and uh, you can actually have a start a free trial with Jobber for 14 days. Test it out. See if you like it. And, of course, that link is in today's show's notes. And now back to uh, this is just a fun chat with Keith Kalfas and Alan Hain, the lawn care nut. That's sweet. Yeah. And I asked you last night, we're actually, we're talking about your sleep, Keith. You go to bed at like one or two in the morning. And uh, Alan and I, we go to bed at nine. Nine? I'm in bed by nine. 9.30 is like staying yeah. up late. I get I, two hours after dark and I'm done. I'm, I'm asleep usually. That's incredible. So, so you, go, <laughs> you go to bed at nine, you wake up at five. Walk us through a day, a regular day in the life. I know this is a different <laughs> week because we're here, but a day in the life of a YouTube, uh, a YouTuber. So I'll just, my workflow is um, I answer emails early in the morning. So we get a lot of emails and, uh, and we have employees, we have an office in Bozeman, Montana. So, you know, I have employees that help with a lot of that and customer service, but there's some stuff that comes to me still. So I try to get all that done in the mornings. And other than that, I really try to do everything I can to work on content. I, I, I try to stay away from what I call adult work, like mm -hmm. accounting and things like that. <laughs> it just kills me. Uh, 100% brings me down. So I try to stay on content. So I answer emails in the mornings. And what that does is it lets me know for the day, maybe some of the things I'm going to talk through and talk about, because these are questions I'm getting in real time. So I'm preparing my podcast, things like that. 
so, you know, I'm going on a new content schedule now. I always used to release my main videos on Sundays, but I'm changing that now. So primary videos are going to get released on Thursday nights. Podcasts will be released on Mondays. And then we break the podcast up because we copy Joe Rogan. I'm a Joe Rogan fanboy. <laughs> so oh, we yeah. break the podcast up into segments. Those get released on Thursdays. And then I have a weekly email that goes out on Tuesday. And out of all of that, you know, my podcast is the most detailed Q&A my regular weekly video is a lot of fun, and I give a lot of tips and things like that. But my email is really where I get most of the work done. The email is where I can write to people and really get detail. My emails are extremely long. They have a very high open rate. And um, that's really where I really put most of my focus is on my weekly emails. That's awesome, man. Yep. He's on the hustle, man. Well, listen, yeah. I can sit here and make it sound like it's perfect. It's not. I, you know, I, uh, all the time, I'm late on things. I don't get it what's, done right. What's you know, the biggest stuff, mistake you've made on this Basically, you own a media company now, but, you, you know, what's been the biggest mistake you look back you're like, ooh, kind of messed that up? So when, when we first started out, we didn't know anything about shipping, and so we had to learn that game really quick, and I lost a lot of money in that. Um, you know, Amazon rules the game, and, and all of the shippers, they, they cater to Amazon, so you have to kind of, and we're not on Amazon, but we, we try to f fall into that stream and, and uh, you know, learning everything from, well, I don't know, what do they call this shipping business? There's a name for it. I don't know what it is, but I don't know anything. I know we know about it now. We've learned. Um, but that was the biggest mistake we made was in those things, you know, shipping and trying to get product out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, so. Man, Alan, your, your life's, man, the life that I want. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> well, cool. It's, uh, it's fun. It's interesting. It's, it's, uh, it's challenging. I, I've never been self-employed before, and I'm 47 years old, so – it's, it's really scary if I'm really honest with you. You know, yeah. I'm not 20 years old where, you know, nowadays you come out at 20 and everybody tells you, go do your own thing, man. You go, go make all the mistakes. You're good. Yeah. I didn't do it till I was in my 40s. So it's a whole new set of responsibilities that you have to look at and a whole new set of fears that you have when you do it. But, um, it's, it's exciting every day. I can tell you that. For yeah. Sure. Who do you like to watch on YouTube? If you're just, I mean, you mentioned Joe Rogan, but who else are kind of the people, if you're just going to click on a video who are you watching uh well so for entertainment i like millennial farmer <laughs> okay i i try to so i don't i don't do i watch gary vaynerchuk when it comes to motivational stuff i've been watching gary v, v since he was wine library it's always like a badge of honor if you watch gary v but yeah i've been with him since since mott was filming him on the wine library show you know have you ever C met him or no nope, never met him i gotta say something about gary v so i said to my wife like so many times dude i'm i'm Sick of Gary Vee, he's always saying the same stuff, like, and then he'll pop up on my feed now, because I only watch very few select, I don't have a lot of mm -hmm. time, just like everybody, yeah. we're busy, and I watch Gary Vee, and he'll just drop a bomb, dude, of, like, some insane knowledge that just hits me, like, a ton of bricks, and, and it presses the reset button on my gratitude, yeah. like, how I, how I appreciate 100%. it, but, and then I'll be like, dude, Gary Vee's, bro, that guy, he's, he's, uh, he's a prophet. And he just doesn't stop. He just keeps going, and he and I'm with you too. It'll he'll say the same thing for too much. I'll be like, all right, I'll be out for a little while until he comes up with his next, you know, word tracks. And then when he hits those word tracks, I'm back in. Can I say a cuss word on here? The f word? Yes or no? Well, Mr. Producer will edit it out. You can. It's going to get edited out before it goes. Okay, live. so there's there's this uh, uh, go on YouTube and just type in uh, 13 best moments of 2019 of Gary Vaynerchuk. It came out within the last couple of weeks. He puts out a lot of stuff across yeah. all channels but there's a girl a little girl in the audience who's like 13 and she stands up and she's got the mic huge audience yeah. she, and, and like she learned something from his videos that were so great she goes what 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 i learned was that when some people judge you and they say something you you, you just say okay then what 
like basically like don't care what people think. Yeah. And then the whole audience starts clapping. He says, come up here, come up here, come up here. And she's like smiling in the camera. His D-Rock is filming it. He brings her up on stage in front of like thousands of people. He gives this little girl a hug. And then he puts his arm around her in front of the whole audience. And he says, see everybody, if she gets it, what is your problem? And the whole audience is like laughing. They're like, and the thing, the reason it's so crazy, I wanted everybody to see that, is because you should never, ever, ever say that in front of a thirteen-year-old little kid, man. <laughs> yeah, but the weird thing about it is he can get away with stuff like I'm not saying I admire that, but he can get away with doing stuff like that because he's being so genuine in an authentic way. I feel weird even like saying that I'm, I was, I thought that was funny. Like yeah. I feel bad, but at the same time, it's like. You should watch Gary and take his advice, but don't ever think that you can go around on, on social media cussing like that or do it because yeah, right. Gary V is Gary V. Yeah, I watch him very limited. I memorize. I'm from Bill. I mean, I got the whole speech. I could give a speech for him. He says the same yeah. thing every keynote, and I literally memorized it. But I check in periodically, and he's going on TikTok, and he's like, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Yeah. And so I got TikTok, made a video. 2.1 million views right out of the gate. I'm at, oh, I yeah. got 9,000 followers on TikTok. Make another one. 4.5 million views. I got 49,000 followers on TikTok. I was on an airplane, and I was scrolling through it, and this good this girl was sitting next to me, and she looked. She's like, you have 49,000 followers on TikTok? And she's like, she started following me on Instagram and telling all her friends and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, I stumbled into this thing because Gary called his, his pulse on what's happening, where people's attention is. He's He called it. You know, and, and it, it, you got to you got to pay. Even if he gets a little irritating, you got to check in every now and again because he knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. Oh God! So there you go. Gary Vaynerchuk has so much influence that he's got the three of us talking about him right now. In he your just podcast. mentioned on this podcast, not every podcast, but his name, the guest. I don't bring it up, but the guest talk. Gary V's influenced so many people. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you how I look at TikTok. This is a fun one. So I'm not on TikTok. I don't have the rhythm and gangsta ability to do whatever you have to do on TikTok with the beats and, and, and the moves and all that. But what I'm really telling you is, is I don't have the desire to take the time to learn it. And so when I look at that, do I look at, look at what they're saying and go, yeah, you should be on TikTok and this and this. yes, I, I see all that. But what I also see is, is that I never maximized Instagram mm -hmm. and it's a little bit less of a learning curve there and there's still plenty of room there. And so if I'm going to learn something new, I'm going to maximize Instagram. The reason why is because my audience are homeowners you know, 30, 35 year old homeowners. And I, and TikTok will be there one day, but it's not there now. So for me, and I'm 47, I'm not 20. So I'm going to spend my time where my audience is right or wrong. That's, that's how I do it. That's also, I keep from going insane and trying to keep things from scaling too out of control because scale is the biggest thing we see as we go, as we get bigger. Cause when you're an influencer and I'm using air quotes, cause I hate that word. I don't hate it, but it's just not a good word. It's a, it's a strange word. But when you're an influencer, you can only be pulled in so many directions. You can only entertain so much. You can only entertain so many ways. And so I just make sure that the platforms I'm on, that I can actually give them the attention they deserve. In other words, if I start answering, and I, I have to be careful I say this because I'll get a lot more, but if I start answering DMs on Instagram, I can't do that for a week and stop. I have to commit to that. Well, there's a time frame there. I would rather answer more DMs on Instagram than go learn TikTok. That's just me. Amazing. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk also said that on LinkedIn just the other day. And I, I dude, I screenshot it and I read it and it, it filled me up with so much like almost tears in my eyes type. He's like saying like, 
why are you trying to focus on getting more likes and views and clicks when you're not even grateful for the audience that you do have? You know how, how lucky you are that people follow you and want to hear from you? You should be going in and, and, and talking and engaging and communicating with these people in a real way. And, dude, I, I went right there. I spent a whole hour just going and genuinely going on Instagram right. and talking back and forth and talking because if you're in a position where – You've got <clears throat> millions of views a month or whatever, right? You can become desensitized and numb to so many people trying to contact you. And at some point, you have to turn off switches in your own psychology in order to deal with that. Like, yeah. you have to just shut it off because you you don't, you don't you go through this whole guilt cycle where you're like, it's this whole thing. You go through different la- – you have to learn skills that you didn't learn growing up, and you don't know anybody who know who can relate to you about this stuff. So when you meet other people and you start talking about it, you're like, oh – like I have a whole nother secret YouTube channel where I talk about this stuff. And do you really? I need to subscribe because <laughs> you're I'm picking up what you're putting down, bro. It's you know what I'm talking about. I, so I totally do. You, you feel guilty, like because you really, really genuinely care about people. Then you meet them at an event. You're like, it's me. I was the dude who commented on your video, and and you're like, and I I genuinely care. But when it got to the point where my own wife and family was feeling neglected by me back in the day because I was trying to answer all these people. Then I started asking higher level questions about, you know, uh, this is a deep rabbit hole, but you know what? There's a saying I love by Brennan Burchard. If don't be uh, worried about rejecting one person when you know that you serve many, you know, so you don't have to feel that, that guilt. You serve many people on a high level and you really care and your intentionality is extremely important around this. And people can feel it. If they look in the comments and you've, you've answered two or three out of 100 comments maybe, you know, that's, that's important because they see at least you're there doing it. You're not just ghost town, you know. You're not totally self-centered. And people, people are very, very smart. They can tell yeah. what you care about. And what you don't. How do you handle the responsibility of having such a influence? You used that word earlier, but you do have a lot of people that follow you is there a, a healthy responsibility on your shoulder or how do you view that so the responsibility i have is i can i can cope with that fine which is my responsibility is to be honest to my audience to to tell them you know the truth about things and always disclose when i'm being sponsored or you know all of these things and and to only represent products i truly believe in all of that is is fine the the biggest thing i've uh, struggled with and this is along the lines of what keith's saying is when you start to get a bigger audience, you'll also get a lot of people that will say, you're great, you're awesome, you've done so many things for me, you've changed my life. Some of the, I mean, it, it, I get things from veterans that say they watched my videos while they were overseas, they couldn't wait to come home to their family and get out into their lawn. And I, my video, made me cry right now, their wow. videos, I get, I mean, all the time, I know you do too. But what happens is, when you start getting that, you tell yourself, do not absorb this because you will become an arrogant bastard really quick. So you, you tell yourself not to take that in personally, and you don't, this is me anyway. So the, all those compliments that come in, I end up ignoring them and becoming numb to them because I, I don't want to be an arrogant jerk. But then the opposite of that then is when you get the negativity, you absorb it completely, and it, it's a really tough spiral. See, Keith's shaking his head because it's, I don't know if there's a name for that. I don't know if there's a phenomenon. I don't know if... Huh. Brad Pitt feels it as a as a difference of little YouTuber me in this little tiny little pond over here. I don't know, but that one's been tough because I don't want to ignore those people. Those people that are giving me those compliments, they're the ones I need to give the most attention to and stop focusing on the negative ones. Does that make sense? That's yeah. been a tough one for me. And I'm not a kid here. I'm I'm older. It's like Keith said, nobody taught us how to deal with so this. So how stuff. how do you deal with? I mean, 
I don't have your scale, but I get that negative, you know, the negative comments that are, I mean, some of them, you know, they call them the keyboard warriors. It's like, that was rude. I listen to a lot of Mac Miller. <laughs> oh, don't take that the wrong way. I'm not going to hurt myself. I'm saying I don't, I, I try to, I try to self-counsel a lot. I, I also am stubborn and I don't reach out to enough of my peers and ask them for help. I, I'm very stubborn, man. I don't want to make myself uh, vulnerable to people that know me. I know I'm doing it on this podcast right now. So maybe it's easier actually for me. It's actually probably easier to do it in a realm like this. That's what I like not, about you actually. You know what I mean? I, I can like. be more clear, more, I don't know. Does that make sense? More authentic this way than if I was talking to one of my best friends face to face, I probably couldn't tell him half of this. So, yeah, now. <laughs> good. Man, well, I need to honor your guys' time. I know there's a lot of people that are here, here to mingle with you guys and, and meet with you. We got food trucks out here, and we could go Joe Rogan on them for. Well, Keith and I uh, hung out, Alan, at the hotel. What time did you come over? Like that midnight? It's probably. And uh, next thing you know, it's two thirty in the morning. Podcasts are two and a half hours long. We 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 could go, but uh, and I know you guys listening are like, don't stop. But but guys, people came from all different states to get to to shake your guys' hand and hang out with you guys. So we need to we need to go make. Oh yeah, and we're in the back room on a podcast. <laughs> it's very important, dude. To give everybody insight that, that we're at the Lawn Care Life Conference right now, hosted mm-hmm. by Jason Creel. Jason Creel, yeah. the realest of the real man. Yeah. If you guys don't know Jason. Somebody and he's funny, follow. man. Yeah. His his he you doesn't try it, to drop jokes, but it's just hilarious. Yep, he has I just pay full price. <laughs> deadpan <laughs> humor, it's crazy. I it's don't awesome. even know Jason that well, but just by talking with him a few times, getting to know know him a little bit, uh, he's the type of person that I don't want to fall out of his good graces. Like I would never want to disrespect him. I just want to. He sees has a, a very positive energy about him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why I'm cutting this short because I said, hey, can I interview Alan and Keith? But I won't take away and he's like oh, yeah yeah yeah. i wasn't even it. insinuating anything i was just being no i'm feeling convicted because <laughs> him and his wife are just genuine people they're 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 they're, Good they're a great for sure. family yeah uh real quickly uh i'm sure everybody listening already knows you guys but how can people connect with you guys best way to connect with me is uh my podcast lawns across america or my youtube channel is the lawn care nut and then of course you have a website the lawn Awesome. I'm Keith Kelfis with the Landscaping Employee Trap YouTube channel. Go to my website, keithkelfis.com, K-E-I-T-H-K-A-L-F-A-S.com. And I just put out a, actually, if you, uh, a new, it's, it's the seven steps to marketing your business. It's a free PDF download that you can get right away because I'm just obsessed with marketing and helping guys market their business. You got to get this download. Text the word untrapped. That's my podcast, untrapped, U-N-T-R-A-P-P-E-D. Text the word untrapped to, so I just got this, 13996. Wait, let me check. Let me check. No, give me a second. I got to get in on this texting. Oh, it's it's so cool. <laughs> this this texting is pretty cool. I've never heard about no texting before. Where'd that come from? <laughs> Alan, do you know a fellow? 31996. 31996. Text okay. the word untrapped to 31996, and you can get this uh, free PDF download right away. Nice sales pitch, Keith. Oh, I like it. It's, not, it's free. Yeah, there you go. But they, wait, there's more. Oh, man. Uh, do you know John Pajak, Alan? He's from, yeah, I know John. He just texted me. I told Indiana, him, yeah. yeah, he's like, tell, tell Alan Haney. He used to live by me, and I said hi. So. Yeah, I know John. There you go. And it's on Gravelback Mechanic. So, yeah. 
Yep. There you go. So there you go, John. This is this is proof. Uh, Jobber, thanks for sponsoring today's show. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Ring Lawn Care, Stillwater, Minnesota. Thanks for your sponsorship. And, of course, Almond Landscape, how to install pavers.net. We're going to go eat uh, at the food truck and mingle. Alan, I appreciate your time. Thanks, Paul. Keith, I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, Jason, Paul. Thank thanks you. for letting us do this. And Felipe's first time ever touching the camera. We didn't give him any instructions. Good job, Felipe. Hopefully, the, is the red button still going? His arms didn't fall off. That's is good. Is the red button going? Okay, yeah. good job. Thanks for listening, guys. Awesome. Well, guys, that was a fun episode. I We were just warming up, just pressing the primer. I mean, that could have just kept going probably for hours. You know, Keith's been on the show before where – we uh, cranked out a two-and-a-half-hour episode, but that was a lot of fun. Thanks again, uh, Jason Creole, for uh, hosting the event and uh, letting me chat with Keith and uh, Alan there in the back room. It was basically, if you've never been to the Lawn Care Life uh, Conference, Jason's wife's family owns this big wedding venue. I think there's three different uh different wedding spots on the property there's like an outdoor varnish type uh place and then there's a like a uh, it's pretty cool honestly i was walking around and uh it was pretty pretty cool there in alabama so if i got married in alabama that's what i get married but uh i i gotta find me a woman first <laughs> before i start worrying about venues but uh thanks again jason uh creole for uh the event and uh, alan and keith uh for being on the show and chat and i i, I there was some special moments uh, in that conversation, and as a podcaster, I was in a challenging spot because I was like, man, I, my my podcasting brain was just going and going, and I had all these questions I wanted to ask to keep things going, and just that could have been three hours where we just sit there and talk, deep conversation, and cry, and laugh, and uh, conversate, uh, but because it was Jason's event, and, and people are there to, to mingle with these guys, and there's a tight schedule, it just, it just wasn't... Um, the right thing to do so we uh kept it short and sweet but it was it was a gold conversation i really appreciate uh keith and alan uh hopping on the show and i want to say thank you guys to everybody who's been leaving these reviews in itunes it really means a lot uh, i think to that whole itunes algorithm world and uh, we actually marty and i we read every single rating every single review that you guys um leave in there we look at it we appreciate it it's good feedback for us and uh, it shouts to the whole algorithm world out there that uh, you guys are enjoying the show. And uh, we really appreciate when you take a moment. And uh, in iTunes there, it says write a review, a little blue button. You click on it, drop a sentence or two and a rating. Uh, that will really help this show out. So thanks again uh, for listening. This is getting fun, guys. I love going on the road and uh, doing these podcasts. The next one's coming up in Mississippi, February 26th through 28th. The event Kohler is putting on. So uh, that's where we are headed next. And uh, we would appreciate if you'd head over there to iTunes and uh, leave us a review. We'll be back soon. I did six or seven podcasts while I was at the Lawn Care Life uh, conference. So Mr. Producer has been editing those and uh, he's going to put them up. He's not going to put them up all in one day, uh, but he's going to space them out, I think, a day or so and uh, be looking for those as well. 